Hey there, this is Dustin McLean. And Allie McLean. And we're pumped that you're joining with us today. And if you're a part of our Purpose Church family, whether in person or online, we'd love to connect with you via social media at ourpurpose.church on all social media outlets. And on our website at www.ourpurpose.church. We can get you plugged into a group, other giving options, and an opportunity to connect with the Purpose family all across Western Kentucky. And we hope today's message encourages you and inspires you. And so let's jump into the message. All right, all right. well, you can go ahead and have a seat on your way to your seat. And if you're already sitting down, won't you high five a few people and just let them know that you love them and you're so thankful for them. So glad that they're here. Listen, I'm so glad that you're here. So honored that you're at church today. And uh, all right, come on, let's talk about it real quick. We're all my chili is a soup kind of people. Come on, we're going to pray for you right now. Where's my chili is its own category. Come on, somebody, right? That's all to save people up in the house. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I love that. I love that we, uh, we get to have a little fun today in church and just so thankful for you. So glad that you're here and uh, you could be anywhere else, but you're at church today and I'm just really thankful uh, that you are here today. And so I just want to start out by saying uh, that we're starting this new series called Legacy. Somebody shout Legacy. Yeah, and we're just kind of this focus, just kind of around this idea of eyes on eternity, right? We're just talking about this idea of, you know what, a lot of times we get focused on everything that's around us, it's like happening right here in front of us, and we can get distracted from time to time. And I just want to challenge some of us today, like this idea, and this is the title of today's message, I want you to write it down, because I believe note takers are history makers, I also believe that note takers are going to be in heaven, come on somebody, right? So so write that down, Uh, this idea, and the title of today's message is, Clear Eyes Full heart, can't lose, right? Clear eyes, full heart, can't lose. Any Friday Night Lights fans in the room? Anybody even know what that is? All right. So like this idea of clear eyes, full heart, cannot lose. I'm going to talk about that today. Can't wait just to rally around this idea. But first, let's just go to the Lord in prayer and pray together, and we'll go from there. God, we thank you so much for today. God, thank you for everything that you're doing. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for what you've done. God, I'm just so thankful for the people in this room. God, we just pray as we are just listening to your word today, God, that you would speak to us. Holy Spirit, you would do what only you can. We love you. We honor you. We praise you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. And everybody said, I said, everybody said, I mean, if you love Jesus, can we make a little bit of noise all across this house? Come on. I love that. I love it. I love it. Well, hey, I got a quick question for you really fast. Is like, let me just add, this is the all skate, right? So I want everybody out on the skating rink floor answering this together. I want to know how many of y'all in the room, uh, uh, you are like, you are really cannot see without your glasses or with your glasses or like, or contacts. Come on. Anybody just blind as a bat? Come on. We're all the people that's got 20-20 vision and uh, we don't like you, all of us that don't have 20-20 vision, right? See, I'll just be honest. Your boy is like really, really blind um, when it comes to to like being able to see. I'm like negative 8.75 in both of my eyes, which is like awful, right? Like my glasses are as thick as this LED screen, legit. Like when I put them on, everything's like a fishbowl. It's awful. Um, anybody, anybody with me? Anybody gotten, you know, you got just bad eyesight? I'm with you. I'm just fascinated though by our eyes, right? I'm really fascinated. I was looking up a couple statistics this week about like your eyes uh, and my eyes. And here's the thing. Did you know that it's the fastest muscle in your entire body? I didn't realize that. I didn't know that the, the eyes were the fastest part of your body. I didn't realize that, I, honestly, I'd always heard it, but I didn't really realize. I looked it up this week that your eyes are the same size from the time that you're born to the time that, you're die, that you die. Did you know that? How many of y'all knew that? Look at you. You learned something at church today. Come on, somebody, right? That's good. So, so like, they're the same size. Did you know that literally an average of 4.2 million times a year is how many times you blink? And if you're trying to get a date, 4.7 million times because you're like, yes. 
All right, sorry, sorry, just batting your eyelashes. Our little girls can do that, and it's really funny. But, but like, like, yeah, 4.2 million times a year that you are bat, like, like you are closing and opening your eyes. Crazy stuff. And then the last thing is, like this last little thing was, human eyes can differentiate between 10 million different colors. Like 10 million different colors. That's pretty incredible. Tap your neighbor and say, you got pretty eyes. Come on, I'm trying to get somebody a date right now up in church, right? This idea... That eyes, our eyesight is so important, right? I think all of us would agree with that. Don't we agree? If we agree, just kind of nod your head like this in Kentucky. Okay, means yes. Yeah, eyesight is pretty important. Vision is pretty important. Yet there's, I just want to challenge some of us. Physical eyesight is important, but how many of y'all know it's important that you have a vision for your life? It's important that we have some spiritual vision as well. And so that's what we're going to kind of just rally around over the next couple of weeks. See, Paul even said it like this. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened, that the eyes of your heart may be open. And I just think about that, that I know a lot of us realize that we have physical eyes, but did you realize that there is a spiritual set of eyes that you and I have? And I, I just want to challenge you, want to encourage you. I think it's so important that we have a vision for that, that we see what's coming, that we can have physical eyesight, but also that even more powerful so is our spiritual eyesight. So that's what we're going to rally around. If everybody's good with that over the next couple of weeks, say, I'm good. Right? I think it's important that you get a vision for your life, that you get some eyesight, that you get some spiritual vision for your life. And again, I think it's so important that we got some clear eyes, we got some full heart, and guess what? We can't lose if that's the case. And I just believe that with all of my heart. And I was actually listening uh, to a podcast this week of a pastor. Uh, his name is Pastor Robbie Gallaty. He's at Long Hollow Church in Hendersonville. Great church. But he was talking about this young lady named Helen Keller. How many of us have ever heard of Helen Keller? Anybody out there? So he's, get, he's telling a story about her and I didn't really realize it but she was born actually having her sight um, and actually being able to hear uh, but what happened was there was an illness that happened to her as a little kid. And what began to happen was is as she was a little kid, it took her eyesight away. It took her hearing ability away. And again, what happened was she began to turn really bitter. Right? Helen Keller began to, be, began to turn really bitter. And what began to happen was this bitterness, though, finally turned into something better. And what became of her, she became the very first college graduate with a bachelor's degree of somebody to graduate college that was mute, deaf, and blind. Right? So this is this gal. Like, how many of you know she had vision even though she didn't have vision? Come on, somebody, right? And this idea that the only thing worse, this is something that she said, and I want to throw this out there to you. The only thing worse than being blind is having sight but no vision. Right? And I think that's so true for all of us, is that all of us, we would walk around with our physical eyesight, yet we would walk around with no vision for our life. And we would walk around with no uh, sort of purpose for our life. Again, I believe that vision comes from God. I believe spiritually that you and I are going to be praying over the next couple of weeks that God would enlighten our eyes, that he would open our eyes to the vision that he has for us. Even Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18 says this, where there is no vision, the people perish, right? Where there's no vision, the people perish. There's another version that says that they cast off restraint, meaning, you know what? There's no boundaries. This is what it wheels off, doesn't matter. I'm going to do whatever. And no wonder in 2022 that the world, what it has to offer and what everything that is going on around us, no wonder there's people walking around with no boundaries. You know why? It's because they haven't gotten a vision for their life. And I believe that to be true. But I'm praying that today that you're going to walk out of these doors today on a Sunday morning and you're going to catch a 
vision of what God is going to speak to you. And not only that, but you're going to catch the vision of this house. You're going to catch the vision of this church. And hey, say, you know what? Yeah, let's go. Let's be a part of making a difference for Jesus. Because I want you to know that our church has a vision. Right? Our church has vision. In this room, I look across this room, and it's full of stories from every different background all over the place. Something that Allie and I do a lot, and we just talked about it just a second ago. Sometimes during worship or even during like just Minute Mingle, I just love looking around and seeing all of your faces because, man, I pray for you to be in this room one day. Like, I pray that you would be here. And just think about all the stories of all of us that make up Purpose Church. And listen, I believe that the story that God is just getting started, right? I believe that the best is still ahead. And I think about this, this idea that some of y'all are single in this room, right? And, and again, your story fits into the Purpose Church story. I believe that with all of my heart. How many single people we got in the room? Come on, wave your hand in the air. Wave it around like you just do care. Come on, hold it up. Hold it up. Now look around. Look around. If you don't like what you're looking at, come to the first service, all right? So we got two services. You come to the first one. If I somebody else with their hand up okay but I, I just believe I got a vision and guess what I believe there's some people are going to show up at this house and you're going to find your future spouse here at Purpose Church somebody's like yes Lord right somebody like yes I, I believe that there's going to be uh, children that are birthed out of this house right like that, that this place man your kids and grandkids are going to be birthed here that there's going to be people that are a part of the story that your family and your friends are going to meet Jesus in this church I want you to feel comfortable. I want you to feel confident that you can raise your kids and your grandkids in this house. Like, your story fits into this story. And I'm afraid that one of the greatest threats, I think, to the vision of our church and, and your life is the same threat that many people struggle with thousands of years ago. And there's this guy by the name of James who happens to be the half-brother of Jesus, all right? And uh, if you read anything in the book of James, what you'll find out is that James loved Jesus with all of his heart, believed that he was the Messiah, Right, you, And that just clarifies for me that Jesus really was who he said he was. Because if you were going to say that your brother was going to be the Messiah, how many of y'all would never do that? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, some of y'all can't stand your brother. Come on, James is saying, like, yo, he is the Messiah. I worship him. I'm his servant. I'm a servant of Jesus, right? And so he says a few things in the book of James. And then we get down to verse number or chapter number 4. And what he's trying to do, he's trying to encourage this church. Because this church has got a good vision for their life they got a good mission that they're out there for. And what begins to happen is they begin to lose sight, right? They begin to take their eyes off the mission and the vision of what God had called them to do. And this is what he says in James chapter 4, verse 13. If you're ready for God's word, say, I'm ready. ready. About six of you, I say, if you're ready for God's word, say, I'm ready. ready. Good, good, good. This is what the Bible says, James chapter 4, verse 13. It says, now listen, you who say today or tomorrow we'll go to this city or that city, spend a year there, carry on business, and make some money. Why? You don't even know what will happen tomorrow. Watch what he says. What is your life? Tap your neighbor and say, what's your life? Tap your neighbor and say, what's your life? Tap your second choice and say, what's your life? Right? What, what is your life? That's what James is asking. He's saying, hey, 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 what is your life? Watch what he says. You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Right, that's what he's saying. Welcome to Purpose Church. I'm glad you're here, right? Like, that's really encouraging. Thanks, James. But, but watch, we're going to talk about it a little bit. Instead, he says, you ought to say, if it's the Lord's will, we will live and do this or do that. See, I don't know about you, but there's many times in my life where I, I forget that I'm here for just a little while. And I get distracted by the good things and take my eyes off of the God things, right? So that's my challenge for us. Write that down. Is this idea that don't let the good distract you from God. 
And I'm just being honest, in my own life there's been times where the good thing, nothing wrong with it, but I've been distracted from the God thing because I took my eyes off of the eternal and put it on the temporary. And I want to challenge some of us, just like James, what he was doing, he's saying, hey, y'all, listen, man, you've received Jesus, you got all of this stuff, you got all of these people around you, like, you need to understand that, like, like I know you're trying to say, oh, oh I'm going to go and make my own, I'm going to go and get my own, I'm going to do a little bit of this, a little bit of that, but James is reminding him, hey, listen, your life is nothing but a vapor, it's nothing but a mist, and if we're not careful, what will happen is, we will get distracted and say yes to good opportunities and miss out on the God. God opportunities. Has anybody ever been there before? Come on, wave at me if that's you. Come on. I think we all have been there. And I got to thinking again, I always like to use like illustrations because that's just my ADHD brain, how it works like that. And uh, what, what Jesus through James is encouraging you and I is that you and I, you know what our life is like? You know what it is? That. This smells really good. So I was like, y'all in the front row are going to, it's going to be nice right now together. All right. So, so like you're setting, settling for good opportunities but there's God opportunities out there. And I just believe that my job as your pastor is to remind you, let's get our eyes on eternity. Let's get our eyes on eternity. Those God opportunities are only revealed to us when our eyes are on Jesus. And we begin to live a life that's driven by something bigger. Because literally, listen, this is yours in my life. You ready? That's it. Smell good, don't it? It does. Right there. Gone. Right, here for a second and gone. You're like, bro, uh, you don't even know. You don't understand. I'm building this incredible business. That's it. Uh, bro, I'm in college. I got plenty of time. I got plenty of time for my life. Like, yo, listen, I'm good. That's it. Gone. Right? Oh, man, listen, I go to mega gym twice a week. I eat mega fit meals, and I, I only drink water. Too smart. Too miss. All right, good. I want us to understand, though, I think that's what James is trying to get across to you and I. Is that so many times in our life, you know what we're, we're focused on? The mist. We're focused on what happens for a little while, and we take our eyes off of eternity. And I just believe that James and Jesus, and ultimately our job, is to remind each other, guess what? We are here today, gone tomorrow. Let's do some things that affect eternity. Let's get our eyes on eternity and be a church that says, you know what? Let's be a people of God that says, hey, we, we may be focused on, there may be some things happening around us. There may be some things going on around us, but we have our eyes on eternity, and that affects our daily life. Come on, if we believe that, can we give God a big shout of praise all over this room? <laughs> James is telling them, yo, y'all are worrying way too much about the temporary, and you're forgetting about the eternal. And this is what Pastor Craig Groeschel says. He says that your life is too valuable, your calling is too great, your God is too good to waste your life distracted by things that do not matter. And so I'm going to challenge us over the next couple of weeks. Let's get our eyes on eternity. You know why? Because it affects our vision here on earth. Right? When we put our eyes on eternity, it affects our vision here on earth. So over the next few weeks, we're going to talk about this together. We're going to walk through it as we look at this idea of eternity and get our eyes on eternity. What happens is when your eyes are on eternity, you start loving your classmates that are in algebra with you a little differently. Right? When your eyes are on eternity, you start serving your family a little differently. Right? When your eyes are on eternity, you approach that college class a little bit differently, right? You put a little purpose and vision on that business that you're leading and running. 
You evangelize differently. Like, like suffering, when your eyes are on eternity, begins to have value, begins to, ha- begins to have purpose. Like, here's the thing. When your eyes are on eternity, we're going to live outside of these four walls, knowing that God has a purpose for you, that he's called you, equipped you, and created you to go into whatever sphere of influence that you've been given to go out there and make a difference. I'm trying to get you and I to get a vision for our life, I'm trying to get us as a church just to rally around the vision of, guess what, you and I are called, positioned, and purposed to make a difference. If we believe that, come on, can we give Jesus the loudest ovation saying, hey, we're here, we're available, and we're ready. And anytime we talk about vision, a lot of times in church, it goes back to this one guy named Habakkuk. Anybody ever heard of Habakkuk? Wave at me if that's you. I don't know if the K is silent or it's not, but we're going with Habakkuk today, okay? You probably have heard of Habakkuk or Habakkuk. We're going to go with Cook today, okay? All right, everybody good with that? All right, good. So we're going to talk about this guy named Habakkuk. And if you want to turn in your Bible, Habakkuk chapter 2 is where we're going to be at. And I want to encourage you to do that. But here's the thing. I'm going to give you a little bit of context with Habakkuk. Again, this idea, setting the groundwork of, guess what? We're here for a little while, and then we're gone. We're nothing but a mist, and then we're gone. We're a vapor. Our life is less invest. Let's do some things that affect eternity that is here long after that mist is gone, right? And Habakkuk gets a great kind of just prescription, I feel like, of what God is calling us to do. Maybe you're in a, in a spot in your life where you're like, yo, I don't have any vision for my life. Like, I am casting off restraint for my life. I'm doing whatever I want. I don't have any boundaries because you don't have a vision. I'm just praying that today God would give you a vision for your life. And he would set something on the inside of your heart that you cannot deny and you cannot run from without running to him. And I want to challenge you with that today. But we're going to look at what Habakkuk, this story about this guy who happens to be a prophet, that if you go back a chapter before this, he's complaining to God. He's looking around the world and saying, yo, you don't understand. Like, I want you to know, like, like all, the, all the people that are doing bad stuff, they seem to be getting blessed. And all the people that's doing good stuff, they seem to be getting cursed. That don't sound like nothing like we're going through today in the world, right? Right? Anybody ever been there? Anybody ever been like, you just feel like everybody around you, man, everything around you, it's just like, oh my gosh, I'm trying to do this, Lord. I'm trying to follow after you. I'm trying to do what you've called me to do. And yet it seems like nothing is working out. Like, I'm trying to figure out what that is. And again, he's having to wait on the Lord. And I think about that, and I got to thinking about my ADHD self. Anybody else hate waiting out there? Come on, wave at me if that's you. Yeah, I think all of us, we don't like the line. We don't like to wait on something to happen. We don't like my son, Brex. My dad used to say it about me, and it's true about my son, too. Like, my patience is as big as my little toe. Come on, anybody's daddy ever tell him that, right? That's what my dad used to tell me growing up. My son is the same way. Boy, if I don't do it right then, he's mad, he's upset, because I don't know about you, but none of us like to wait. And maybe you're waiting on that vision from God, or maybe you've got the vision from God, but you're waiting on it to take place. We're going to see a prescription from Habakkuk right here that says, hey, if you need to get through, if you need to keep continuing on, here's what you can do. If you're ready again for God's word, say, I'm ready. Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 1, it says this. This is Habakkuk speaking. I will stand at my guard post and station myself on the watchtower, and I will keep watch to see what he will say to me, and how I may reply when I am reprimanded. Then the Lord answered me and said, Write down the vision and inscribe it clearly on tablets, so that the one who reads it may run. For, if the, for the vision is yet for an appointed time. It's going to happen. It's, it's, it's down there. It hurries towards the goal, and it will not fail. But though it delays, watch what it says, wait for it. Somebody say, wait for it. 
Somebody say, wait for it. Wait for it, for it will certainly come. It will not delay long. See, this is what I know about Habakkuk and what I want to just challenge all of us in the room with. Again, he kind of gives a prescription for us. If we are waiting on the Lord or we're trying to get a vision from God, there's a few things that I think you and I need to do. And here's the first thing I want you to write down that we need to do is you got to get a new perspective. You want, you want to hear from God? You want, to, you want to know what the vision he has for your life? you got to get a new perspective. I don't know about you. But sometimes in my life, I'm so clogged up with the things that are going on around me that sometimes I have to stop and I have to say, no, 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 no. Listen, i got to get a new perspective. i got to get to a different level in order to be able to hear God better. And again, if it feels like you're waiting on God for the vision to come to pass in your life, the first thing you got to do is you got to climb the watchtower and you got to get a new perspective. Somebody say new perspective. you got to get a new perspective. Again, Habakkuk is looking around the world not liking what he's seeing. Right? He's looking around. He doesn't like it. He doesn't like what's going on. He's upset that things seem to be going against the vision that God has for his life. And we see the very first thing he does is he climbs the watchtower and he gets a new perspective. And I think it's so incredible that in that verse right there it says that I will keep watch to see what he will say to me. That don't make a lot of sense, does it? Right? If you're going to see what he has to say because most of the time when somebody's saying something you're hearing them, right? Right? So, so I think really what he's praying for and what he's asking for is a new heart perspective. He's waiting, saying, hey, I need a new perspective. i got to see what you're going to say to me. And what I just think a lot of us, again, get in the, 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 the battle so many times in our life is that we are so tied up in the everyday and the voices and the chaos, as we've talked about over the last few weeks, that maybe for some of us it's time for us to climb the watchtower, get desperate as we fight to hear from God and have him answer us and give us a new perspective. That's what Habakkuk was doing. He was fighting. He was going to another level in order to hear from God. And that's what I'm reminded of that I came to remind some of you today. No matter the struggle, no matter the situation, no matter the pain, no matter the surroundings, before we take it to anybody else, why don't we start by taking it to God? Right? That'd be the first resort instead of our last one, right? See, Habakkuk's name literally means to, to, uh, that, that one that embraces or one that wrestles, the wrestler. I think it's so cool right here that Habakkuk is literally on the watchtower, climbing to get a new perspective, and he's wrestling with God. Right? And here's the thing. Some of us in the room are so frustrated with our story, right? God, why ain't it happened yet? God, what's going on? Why is it not happening? And I just want to challenge some of us in the room. When was the last time that you wrestled with God? When was the last time that you said, hey, you know what? It's me and you, God, and I'm not moving until I hear from you. I'm not, I'm not going to do anything until I hear from you. And I think that should be a challenge for all of us. How do we get this new perspective? Somebody say, how? I got three ways because any preacher is going to give you three P's like a good preacher would. Come on, somebody, right? Three P's. Are you ready for it? Say, I'm ready. Three P's for how you can get a new perspective. Number one, prayer. Pray. Pray. You, you have got, again, there's so many times in my life and in your life where we say, you know what we're going to do? I'm going to take it to everybody else before we take it to God. I'm going to encourage you, run to God first. This is what the Bible tells us in Proverbs chapter 18, verse 10. The name of the Lord is a strong fortress, and the godly run to him and are safe. 
And so I'm asking you, if you need a new perspective, let's ask God to redeem that vision that's on your life. Let's ask God for clear vision that, that what he is challenging you or asking you to do, that you would hear from him very clearly. But let's go into, go into battle in the spiritual to hear from him in prayer. Why do we as a church set aside two times a year to just set aside to say, you know what, we're going to pray and fast. You know why? It's to get a new perspective. Right, it's to get a new outlook. It's to get a new view on a certain situation or topic, or even our own life. So we got to pray. That's number one. Number two, we got to praise. Somebody say praise. praise. Yeah, you got to praise. Like, here's my thing. I want you to pray. Like, obviously, in this worship auditorium, like, let's do whatever we got to do to go after Jesus. And we're going to sing a song at the end, too, as we take communion together. And I want you just to go after Jesus. It's called the Lord's Prayer. And literally, it's pretty much scripture that we're singing together, just like this last song was. But blessed are the peacemakers, and blessed are the poor, and all of these people, right? That's, that's literally from the Sermon on the Mount, right? But as we praise, I don't want it to stop as soon as we break the thresholds of these four walls, right? I want us, as soon as we go out of this place, that listen, Lost Portales should look different when you show up this afternoon. You know why? Somebody's like, oh, I'm going to Lost Portales. Yeah, yeah. You know what? It should look different because you have a posture of praise, if you want a new perspective in life, you got to pray, and then you got to praise. Come on, some people are like, no, lost brutality ain't it. It's Don's soul for all to save people in a room. All right, that's, I'm with you too, okay? But you got to praise. you got to be willing to let your life be a praise unto God. Here's the thing I want to tell you about. Pray, praise, and you got to get some people. Somebody say people. you got to get some people around you. Why do we do cruise so differently this season? You know why? Because we were, we were passionate about getting as many people around you and as many people around me to walk through this thing called life together. That we got to get a new perspective. That I'm going through this, I'm sharing life with other people, and guess what? They can speak into that situation and say, yo, 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 I know you may see it like this, and I know this situation may be tough, and you may be walking through a season or whatever, but let me encourage you. I'm here for you. I'm with you. I'm praying for you. I'm doing this thing called life with you. And if you want to get a new perspective in life, listen to me, get some prayer life ramped up, get some praise life ramped up, and get some people in your life around you. I believe that with all of my heart. And here's the thing. I, I had to learn it this week. It's this idea, and this is the old thing that I don't even know if it's going to be up on the screen, but it's this idea of change of place, change of pace, change of perspective. So you need to change. It's there. Looky there. Awesome. Change of place plus a change of pace equals a change of perspective. And I think some of us in the room need a change of perspective. You've got to get to a higher place. You've got to get to a different place. Isaiah 55, God is telling us, you know what? My ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. And again, when you and I go up on top of the mountain, on top of the watchtower, and we seek God, what you realize is that it's not just about what's right here in front of me. No, I'm getting a new perspective. I'm getting some eyes on eternity. I'm getting my eyes focused on something and what I'm just going through. And again, what it does when I focus on eternity, is it affects my vision around me. Come on, somebody, right? I believe that with all in my heart. That's the first one. Number two, somebody say number two. The thing that we can learn from Habakkuk, number two, is this idea that you got to write down the vision clearly. you got to write down the vision clearly. This is what I want all of us to know. This is what I want all of us to hear, is that Habakkuk wrote down the vision clearly. Right. So not only did he get a new perspective, he climbed to the top of the watchtower to hear from God, then we see in Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 2, it says, Then the Lord answered me and said, Write down the vision. It says this, Inscribe it clearly. Somebody say clearly. 
It's getting unclear in here from our haze happening. I like that. So, so that one who reads it may run. Write the vision down clear. Listen to me. This is not a good word just for our church. This is a good word for your life. Like, understand, this is a good word for your business. Understand, this is a good word for your family. Understand that this is a good word for the organization that you're a part of, that you would write down the vision clearly. Listen to me, don't just like, that's a literal point. Like, don't just talk about it. Don't just think about it. Don't just pray about it. Write it down clearly. I believe that if you will do that, that God can continue to show you a different perspective when you get your eyes on Him. And as you write it down, listen to me, i got a dream list in my phone of things that Allie and I want to do, things that we want to be a part of with our kids, things that we want to see take place in our church. And if I read some of them to you, they are laughable. All right, some of them are like, really? Like, that's what you're dreaming about? Really? That is like, like, it is so like, there is no way that can happen. And guess what? I've always heard if the dream isn't, if the vision isn't big enough for like you to laugh at, then it's too small for you to, or I don't even know what I was going to say. Like, if the vision is too small for you to accomplish it, you wouldn't need God in the middle of it. And so I'm throwing stuff down, write it down clearly. You know why? Because I want it to be all God that gets the glory, all God that gets the praise, all Jesus that gets the honor because everybody knows me guess what knows that we couldn't do that on our own but it would only be Jesus that did it so I want you to write it down plainly even Paul says it like this in Galatians I was reading this this week Galatians 6 verse 11 notice what large letters I use as I write these closing words in my own handwriting Listen, Paul like used uh, somebody else a lot of times to write the things down as he was saying them that came from God. But this right here, he's writing it down with his own handwriting. And again, I think it's so important that we write it down clearly. And as a church, we got a clear vision of doing whatever it takes to connect people to Jesus and help them live on purpose. And I want you to know there's different things along the way of why we're doing that and how we're going to do that. But I want you to know, too, that vision doesn't get accomplished overnight. It's a grind. It's a daily thing. you got to have a little bit of running room, right? Something out of front of me and you that has not yet occurred that what happens when tough stuff comes in, guess what? It gives a purpose for us to keep running. And again, some of us, you need that purpose for your everyday life, right? Some of y'all need to take a picture of your kids and your family and put it on the inside of your truck. You know why? Because some of you need to see that every day. This is why I'm getting up. This is why I'm going to service because I want them to know Jesus. I want to provide for them. I want to I want to pray for them. I'm going to be a part of their life. Like, Put that vision out in front of you. Write it on your forehead or get it on the forefront of your mind just so that you know this is why I'm doing it every single day. So again, you came to church on the first Sunday of our Legacy Eyes on Eternity. I just want to celebrate with some of you what we have been able to see, just that vision accomplished over the last few years. And I just believe that the best is still ahead, that God is still doing something. He's still working it out. He's still working and using all of us. And again, at Purpose Church, we take up one special over and above beyond uh, offering every year called the Legacy Offering. And again, we're not going to just say, hey, pass the plate till it's full. No, we're not doing that. Bless God, we got to keep the lights on. No, it's not how we're going to do that. We're just going to say, you know what? Would you pray about it? Would you pray about how God would have you involved in that? And then I just want to give you some return on investment. This is what you and I are investing in as we see people come and connect to Jesus and begin to help them live on purpose. Over the last three years and a few months,
months as a church, I want you to know that we have seen 237 people give their life to Jesus. And if that doesn't make you clap, if that doesn't make you give Jesus all the glory and honor, come on, you got five more seconds of praise and honor for King Jesus. Come on, get loud for the name of Jesus. 237 people that walked in this place dead, not just this place, but a middle school that we were at for years, dead in their sin and walked out with a relationship with Jesus. And guess what? You know what I want to tell you to God, what I want to share with you guys is that's only God. That only Jesus could do that. Not only that, we saw 117 people baptized over the last three years, right? That's incredible. We got 303 people right now participating in small groups, right now, participating in crews, community. I love that so much. $159,631.10 has gone out in our community over the last three years and a few months. Why? Because we want to make sure we're not a church that's all about us, but we want to be a church that says, you know what? We're about people and everybody outside of these four walls, and we're willing to do whatever it takes for Jesus and the name of Jesus to go out in our community. Come on. Can we thank him for a few seconds of the last three years and nine months of what he's done. I'm so thankful. And I just want to tell you guys, we're just getting started. Like God is just getting started. And I want to challenge some of us with, again, I'm going to make it real plain for us today. What are we going to do with this legacy offering whenever we take it up in a few weeks? You want to know? I want to give it to you today. I want to make it real plain. If you're good with that, say, I'm good. Here's the thing. We want to be in four lanes that we really want to just make sure that we're investing in, that we're leading the way in. One of those is local missions, outreach, Here's the thing that's driving me crazy lately, just I want you to know, is that like this thing, this question I keep asking myself is, guess what? If our church no longer existed, would our community notice any difference? Like, would, would they know anything's different if we no longer existed as a church? And so, you know what that challenge is for me? Man, I want to I do whatever I can to train you to go out there and make a difference in the sphere of influence that God has given you. I want to do whatever we can as a church to reach outside of these four walls to make sure that Jesus is the name that we're lifting up above every other name. And so, there's a few ways that we're going to do that, a few people we're going to partner with that are going to do that, that we've already done, but we're going to do it even more. And again, a few months ago, we talked to you about... Obviously, the, the, the Roe v. Wade overturning, and, and I want you just to know that we're a church that believes in life, and we believe in life and conception, and we're going to be a church that not only does life with mamas who are pregnant, but even after the pregnancy, if there's an, a, a, like a, an idea of an abortion or even counseling that's going on. So what we are going to do is we're partnering with the Moses Basket, and we're partnering with LifeHouse, which are two organizations that we partner with every month. But guess what we're going to do? We're going to bless them even more. You know why? Because we believe in life, that people are our heart, and we're saying, you know what, before the, before the pregnancy, during the pregnancy, after the pregnancy, we are here, and we're willing to walk through you in every season of your life. On your behalf, we're going to be able to do that with these couple places, and I'm out of breath right now because I'm so stinking excited about what we get a chance to do. It fires me all the way up, right? Moses, Basket, LifeHouse, the Needline Project, we do it every year. But something on my heart this year is we're partnering with the guy that's just a couple doors down at Baldy's. And we're going to be doing some things together where we as a church get to go out and make a difference. Not just for younger people, but guess what? Needline this year has a huge need for the elderly. 
for older people. And guess what, Purpose Church? We've adopted a bunch of people. We've adopted a bunch of people that we're going to be able to serve. And the Needline Project that we're going to be doing uh, at the 1st of December that I want to just tell you about. That guess what? We have an opportunity to show that generosity is our privilege. That these people that are in this uh, area, that are the older people that may not have family or anything, there's about 325 of them that don't even have enough food to eat on a daily basis. And guess what we're going to be a part of? Changing that in the name of Jesus. And we're going to do something about it. So the Needline Food Project, that's happening. Next year, 2023, we got the egg drop. Come on, somebody. I want to tell you about the egg drop because it attracts Thousands upon thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people, literally, that came out to Callaway County School, uh, and we broke the system this last year. I'm just going to tell you, we broke the system, uh, and it was awesome, and yet this next year, we're actually moving it to Roy Stewart Stadium. You know why? Because we want to be even more of an outreach to people. We want everybody to know that, guess what? Easter, you may think it's about a bunny, but guess what? We're going to introduce you to Jesus and watch him change your family's life, right? So that's coming next year. I can't wait for that. And then this is one I'm just throwing out. I rarely even throw this out there to anybody, and I just decided to throw it out to everybody in our whole church today. Um, this idea of Project Soul, I don't even know if that's going to be the name of it, uh, but I have this dream on the inside of me that we're going to put shoes on every single kid's feet in every single school all the way across this county, Murray and Callaway County. That we're going to bend down on a knee, and I see it in a gym where, man, we just got chairs lined up like crazy, and we're going to go through there, and we're going to serve them by giving them a brand new pair. I ain't talking about some just crap shoes. I'm talking about some good shoes. Come on, somebody, in Jesus' name. But it's going to be a modern day stepping down, washing their feet. It may not be this year. It may not be next year. But, Lord, we're working towards that because I see it as a way where we can say this is not just about us. It's about how can we make a difference for Jesus out there. Come on, if you believe that, can we give God a big shout of praise all over this room? I got to like buzz through this. We're really behind. So let's just roll with it. Uh, uh, another lane that we're, we're just, we just love to just take our legacy offering and really focus it in on is this idea of church planning all over the nation and all over the world. We're a part of an organization called ARC, and what we want to be a part of is planting life-giving churches all over the world. And so this year alone, because of your generosity, we've seen 63 churches that are planted through ARC that don't have our name on it, but it's just a life-giving church that's given, uh, that, that's going into a community that's been put on a pastor's heart and their family and making a difference for Jesus. So I want you to know that's a part of your story. That's a part of my story as we give. This next one is something I'm always going to be fired up about. This next lane is the next generation lane. And I just want to let you know on the other side of this wall right here, sometimes you'll hear the reverb from their bass happening on worship. And I think some people might get upset about that. But here's the thing. That sounds like, to me, that sounds like the next generation being raised up to be leaders in God's church that are fired up about the name of Jesus and are willing to do, hey, it don't matter. They lose all sense of like, I don't care whenever they're worship, worshiping Jesus. Jesus on the other side of this wall and I want to do whatever we can to make sure they know that we're in their corner because this next generation so many people have given up on but let me tell you something right now as long as I'm the pastor of this church we at Purpose Church will not give up on the next generation we will invest in that generation and watch them become literally world changers for Jesus so right now with our legacy offer I want to just update their I want to just take their worship experience to another level Right? I want kids to be like, oh, that's church? Yeah, that's church. And I want to be a part of that. And, and then not only that, as they get to be teenagers, this next year our kids and our youth, 
our youth are actually going to be going to camp for the very first time. And so what we want to do is we want to say this. We do not want to be a church that makes money the reason why a kiddo cannot go to camp. And so right now, church, can we just say, you know what, we're going to rally around that vision and we're going to make sure that finances are not the issue why a kid can't go and hear about Jesus in a camp level experience for a week with some friends and hear about Jesus and then the next generation come back fired up for Jesus, and they're leading the way, guess what? We're going to be a part of giving towards that right now. That's the next generation. That's where we're at. And the last thing that, I, that we'll kind of just, just fun, uh, fund some ideas of is this idea that right now we're, we're really comfortable where we are, right? We got, a, we got a six-year lease on this building. We love this place. We love everything that God is doing here. I just believe down the road that God is calling us to even more. And God is calling us to different pieces of land and ground and buildings. And again, our generosity just kind of sets the pace for that. And so as we're talking about this, this idea of legacy, I wanted to write it down. I wanted to make it really plain for you. And listen, Tanner, come up here and play these keys so I shut up really quick, all right? So Tanner's going to come, and we're going to land this plane together. But I, I want you to understand, and I hope you're getting my heart behind all of this today, because I want you to know that God has done too much, that your calling is too great, that God, again, has done too much in your life, in our church's life, for us to waste it on things that do not matter. And I just want to challenge you. I want, let's get our eyes on eternity. Let's do whatever it takes to get this next generation's eyes on eternity so that they will see a God that loves them, values them, cares for them, and has an incredible plan for them. Come on, if we believe that, can we just say, let's go. God, we're all for you. Give them a big shout of praise. Last thing, last thing. Let's land this plane right quick together, all right? It's going to be a bumpy landing, so just let's go, all right? It's this idea that, okay, I'm going to climb and get a new perspective. I'm, I'm getting that vision. I, I'm understanding. I'm understanding what you're talking about, God. I, I'm trying to get to a new level so I can hear from you. I'm going to write it down. What is it that you're asking me to do? What is it that you're calling me to do? What is it that you want me to do? And then I'm going to ask you the last thing that you got to do, what Habakkuk did. You know what he did? Wait for it. Somebody say, wait for it. Wait for it. You got to wait for it. Look what it says. In verse 3, for the vision is yet for the appointed time, and it hurries towards the goal, and it will not fail. Though it delays, watch what it says, wait for it. Somebody say, wait for it. For it will certainly come, and it will not delay long. See, if it seems like you've been waiting on God, listen to me. Get a new perspective. Write it down clearly and wait for it. Did you know that in Habakkuk, he says 106 times, God tells Habakkuk to wait, 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 wait. And God gives the vision. God gives the promise. And I just believe in my spirit that God is looking for a people who are going to say, you know what, I'm not bending, I'm not breaking, I'm not backing down. No matter what culture says, no matter how society may try to divide us, we are staying put, we are staying firm on the Word of God. We're going to have some clear eyes, some full hearts, and we can't lose, and we're going to wait on it. And while we're waiting, we know God is working. While we're stopping and pausing, and here's the thing, we're not going to wait passively. We're going to wait expectingly. Like we're going to expect that God is coming. We're going to expect that God is going to save your family. And he's going to use you and I. We're going to expect that God is going to do the impossible. We're going to expect that healing is going to take place. We're going to wait expectingly, believing that God can do what he said he can do. And I just want to challenge some of us. We can't control God's timing, 
but we can control what we do while we wait. And as we wait, listen to me, waiting expectantly is you and I in a posture of worship, remembering what Jesus has done for us. It's like we're about to do in a second. As we take communion, man, we're going to remember what he's done. We're going to praise. We're going to pray. We're going to realize that our life is a mist, right? It's not all about me. We're going to do whatever, we, whatever it takes to get our eyes on eternity and serve the eternal God that we love and we value so much. Listen, there's going to be some space between the time our prayers that we pray and God answers them. And I just want to challenge some of us in this room. What we perceive as a delay, God has a perfect design. I think some of us, you know what, just as much as we seek God's vision, I think we got to submit to his timing as well. God's promises are true. His moments are never wasted. Habakkuk got a new perspective, wrote it down, waited for it. And we don't know if all of what he was asking God for actually took place, but we actually see a shift in his spirit that takes place in the next chapter over. Habakkuk chapter 3, watch what it says. Even though the fig trees have no blossoms, And there are no grapes on the vines. Even though the olive crops fall and the fields lie empty and barren. Even though the flock dies in the fields and the cattle barns are empty. Even though everything around us is shaking. Even though everything around us is shifting. Even though everything around us may try to do whatever it can to blur our vision. No, no, no. Listen to what Habakkuk said. Yet, in the midst of all of that, I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in the God of my salvation. I don't know what you're waiting on. But even though everything around you may look like it's failing, may look like there's no hope, would you get your eyes on eternity? And would you and I get our eyes on Jesus? And if we do, clear eyes, full heart, and we can't lose. There's some of you in this room that you've never given your life to Jesus. You want to get a vision for your life? That's the first step. That's the first step is you saying yes to a relationship with Jesus. So all across this room, would you just bow your heads and close your eyes? Maybe you're in here and you've never said yes to a relationship with Christ. You've never said yes to a relationship with Jesus. And I just want to challenge some of you that, again, maybe you've tried everything else in your life. Maybe you've tried to fill these other holes in your life. Maybe you tried to say, you know what? Well, those are things that will make me happy or satisfy me. And I just want to encourage you. There won't ever be a vision that is fulfilling and satisfying other than the one that you get from Jesus. That starts with a relationship with Jesus first. So maybe you're in here and you've never given your heart to Jesus. I just want to tell you that today is that day. You're here for a reason. You're here for a purpose that God had a plan for you to be in this place today. And I just want to challenge some of you in the room. You've never taken that next step, that first step of saying, I want Jesus to come in my life and save me. Maybe that's you today. Here's what I'm going to ask you, and I'm just going to tell you about this this incredible gospel that we have in Jesus. It's the fact that you and I are sinners, that we're far from God, that we've messed up time and time and time again. That over and over and over again, we've fallen, we've fallen short, and that's this thing called sin. And sin separates us from God. It, It separates us from Him. And there's this huge chasm between us and Him that we can't do anything about. Can't be good enough, can't come to church enough. But what I love about Jesus is the fact that Jesus said, hey, even while you're sinning, I'll come and die in your spot. I'll come and take the punishment for myself, on myself that you committed. And the Bible says that if you and I, if we would just confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, and we believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, that you and I will be saved. And maybe that's you. You've never given your life to Jesus, but today you want to give it to him. 
You've tried everything else, but today you're saying, I'm submitting to you, God. I'm giving my life to you today. If that's you, just a confession statement, something like this. Why don't you say something like this? Just pray. It doesn't have to be word for word, but I want you to mean it in your heart. Say something like, dear Jesus, would you come in my life and would you save me? Would you forgive me? I believe you died on the cross. I believe they put you in the tomb. And I believe that you got out of that grave in that tomb three days later. And I invite you to be Lord of my life. Would you save me? Help me live for you from this day forward. Maybe that's you. Maybe you just prayed that or you prayed something like it. I just want to let you know that you just made the best decision you've ever made in your life of saying yes to a relationship with Jesus. And here's the thing we want to know about it, right? We've got some incredible people that are crew leaders and going to be up here in just a second that are, that are just people that love you and love our, our, our church. And if you want to let somebody know that you just made that decision, I'm going to ask you to let one of them know that's up here. Another way that you can let us know is if you text the word PURPOSE to 270-229-6488. Let's us know that you made that decision, and it would be our highest honor just to follow up with you this week and just encourage you and let you know, man, God loves you. you got a great plan for you and answer any questions that you might have as you start this new journey, this new relationship with Jesus. I love that so much. I love it. Thank you so much again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. It helps out so much. For more content and information, head over to ourpurpose.church. We love you guys and hope you have a great week on purpose.